Are you ready to create quality online experiences for your ministry? Well, if you are, then this podcast episode is for you. So get ready, because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! It's time for the Lion Sidekick Podcast! <laughs> Hello, heroes. Welcome to another episode of the YM Sidekick Podcast. I'm Tom Pounder, your host, and this is the podcast where I interview ministry leaders and we talk about digital tools or trends that are happening around the world and how they apply into our ministry context. And today I'm excited to have Megan Ranson back on the podcast. She was on the podcast before, and she's a church communicator working in this field for over 15 years. And she works for Church Fuel. Uh, You can check that out at churchfuel.com, and I'll have the links on the show notes. But she's also the co-host of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast with Seth Muse. It's a great podcast. So if you're looking for a new church communication podcast, that would be one to try out for sure. But today, Megan and I talk about how to create quality online experiences for your ministry. What does it look like? What does it take? And so I'm really excited to hear her input on this and then excited to hear what your input is after the interview. So without any further ado, let's get into the interview with Megan Ranson. All right, with me right now is Megan Ranson. How are you, Megan? Hey, Tom, I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me on today. Well, I'm very excited about having you on. I haven't had you on in quite some time, but the last time we had a conversation, it was fantastic. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to be here. I I can already tell you have a better, nobody can see this, but you have a better microphone than I do. (laughs) I have the snowball blue mic to my right and you have this really cool looking microphone. Well, it just has a fancy arm that makes it seem cooler (laughs) than it actually is because I've added things to it. (laughs) Oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, have you, uh, this is random before we get into this. I, I yeah. told you this podcast is just, it's just very conversational. So that's the best. Um, has your home office improved over COVID? Like, have you upgraded in any way, shape or form your home uh, office? You know what, what's funny, it kind of coincided at the same time. Cause I, I I'm a huge environment person. Like it, environments mean everything to me. When I go to a restaurant, it's not always based on the food. It's based on the atmosphere. Like atmosphere affects me greatly. So I was already in the process of making my office really, really nice. I I work remotely pre COVID. So, um, so I mean, I, I, but I've added things like a pillow on my chair because now I'm in my chair all the time. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I I was already working on it because I care a lot about environment and atmosphere. That's awesome. I know a lot of people, um, who were, doing uh, videos and they were doing videos in their like bedrooms and they thought it was kind of weird after a while. They're like, okay, this might be a little creepy for people. <laughs> Maybe people don't want to see me in my bed anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. exactly right. All right, Megan. Well, I know who you are and we've connected on social media a, a lot over the years. Uh, so uh, what? talk to me a little bit about who you are, just in case somebody doesn't know who you are, who you are and how did you get going in with that? How did I get going with who I am? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who you are and what you do. That's what I meant to say. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Um, Yeah, who you are is such a big question. Well, uh, yes, my name is Megan Ranson, and I have been doing, um, you know, church communications, marketing, team building stuff for 15 plus years. And I love it. I started, I started working at a church. My dad's a pastor. So man, I started working in a church when I was, you know, being able to sweep floors. That's when I started working. 
um, you know, there every day of the week. And uh, now I work for an organization called Church Fuel, which is fantastic. We help um, lead pastors with like the strategy of their organization. And I love that because it it's a passion of mine being able to do run an organization like at the church, which should be the best run organization in your community really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, and equipping pastors to do their job really, really well. I just, I love that. I, pastors spend their entire career serving and equipping and leading others. And it's just so fun to be able to give to them, yeah. you know? So that's what I do. Um, I love what I do. It's fun and uh, super life-giving. That, that is awesome. And where are you located? Aren't you located in the Midwest? No, the Arctic tundra. It's um, Michigan. I'm in Michigan where it is cold. Although today we have some blue skies, so I'm excited about that. But it is it is frigidly cold, but our summers are absolutely glorious. See, I have a friend who's looking uh, to move to, to that neck of the woods of the, the country. Yeah. And, um, and I and he was talking about how the winters will probably be really cold. And I said, but I've always heard that in that area, the summers are amazing. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's perfect. There's no humidity. It's like in the like low to mid 80s. It is. I mean, it's just it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. It's why we stay here through nine months of cold. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for that three months of glory. <laughs> that, that is awesome. That is great. All right. Well, we could probably talk about the weather a lot. Um, I like to talk about this with Adam McLean uh, a lot um, in his weather situation, but I want to talk to you today about online experiences. Again, yeah. we're, we're in this world right now uh, where everyone's been in this COVID world uh, where they've had to jump into uh, online and a lot of it was just we're throwing everything at the wall and you're going to see what sticks and mm -hmm. and try to do the best we can but right now again we're we've we've made a lot of progress right now but i think online experience is so very important so talk to me a little bit about online experiences uh and how we can make them very effective well, I think it's a it's a very new and fresh thing for most of us, right? When when all of this went down and we had to do everything online, most of us were not equipped to do that. I mean, and and as as a pastor, most of us also were not told how to teach to a camera, for example. Like that's just not something that we learned in seminary. Like no one said, when you do church 100% online, this is the way to disciple people. Like that just was not a conversation that we had, but now we have to have it because we have so many people watching solely online. Um, and so I'm glad that we get to have this conversation to kind of talk through what are some aspects about online church that need to look different yeah. because we need to start remembering. And this goes with social media. This goes with live streaming. This goes with marketing, our websites. We need to remember that we've got two different audiences. We have our church members and we have our online members or online, just online people in general, we've got two very different audiences and we need to create content for both of them. And those need to look very different. And on our in-person, you're going to say something. I saw your mouth open. Keep, keep, keep going, go. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't want to blab. Feel free to interrupt me. I, I love it. Great. That's great. Redirect, redirect okay. all you want, Tom. Okay. Well, um, talk, to, uh, talk to me about this a little bit. Again, you're two different audiences real quick. Yeah. Like, how, how is it different? Like, in, in what should we be aware of? Like, I mean, yeah, how is it different? 
Okay, well, let's talk about social media first. Yeah. So when it comes to social media, we love to talk about ourselves. We love to share our, our service times. We love to share our sermons. We love to share the things that we are studying and learning about. And those things are important. They matter. They're like, you know, they're the crux of, of why we do what we do. But it's not what people who are not bought into our church care about. And so they're not going to connect with you if you're not first connecting with them. And when you just start using a social media, I heard Ryan Wakefield say this just, the, just this morning. So I'm stealing this from him because <laughs> it was good. He said, um, he said something along the lines of, we need to stop using social media for people to learn about our, our church and use social media for our church to learn about our people. Hmm. Because that's really what it's about. It's about relationship. At the end of the day, we need to figure out who's out there, how do we get to know them and how do we disciple them and connect them with each other? That's the mission. Like that is what the church does best is create community. And no one wants to be in a relationship with someone that only talks about themselves. Right. Yeah. You know? So what, what kind of avenues, what, what kind of tactics would you take to help people learn more about, well, help churches learn more about the people uh, who are looking for information? How do you connect with your audience? Yeah. There you so, go. Thanks. You simplified that one. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure I'm answering yeah. the right question because that yeah. could go a number of ways. Yeah, that was great. So, so one thing that you need to be doing is think about the kind of content that you're that you are posting. Are you doing promotional stuff? Are you sharing information? Or are you doing engagement stuff? And engagement can look a number of ways. It could be asking really good questions. It could be posting something that people just want to read or, or learn about. It could be helpful information. That is one thing. Oh my gosh. Listen, I have been so excited during this whole panoramic pandemic <laughs> that um, it has just been the best opportunity to provide helpful content to people who did not care about our church before, Right. Like as a church for you to step in and say, these are 10 activities that you can do with your family for free at home. Yes, that's Go correct. download this PDF or, hey, Aunt Nellie, who has been going to our church for 25 years, has an award-winning chili recipe. Here it is, you know, whatever. Like there's just a million things. And as a parent myself, I, that was a huge gap. I was desperate for anyone to come alongside and give me something for my family that I didn't have to think about yeah, or for help me have, help me to understand how to have difficult conversations with my kids. How do I share bad news with my children? Yeah. How do I have a difficult conversation with my husband when I'm staring at his face 24 <laughs> seven? How do I do that? You know, and people are looking for those things. They're searching for them all the time. And the church should be the one providing the answers because we've got the best answer. Yeah. I, you know, I heard that, um, uh, I think it was Brady Shearer said recently, I, I was watching his, per, uh, his uh, uh, thing on uh, the Engage conference, and he said, we have the best story in the world, and so we, because we have the best story in the world, we need to be the greatest storytellers and sharing mm -hmm. this story with people. Um, here, here's the one thing I find that I'm fighting a lot, because I, I do a lot of the social media stuff and involved in the communication stuff at my church, is that social media, I feel like, has become what 
on stage announcements used to be years ago where people would say, hey, can you announce on stage about this? And now everyone thinks that if we just announce it on social media, that now we're going to get hundreds of people. And if we don't announce it, then it's going to be it's going to be a total failure. It's going to. So how do you fight that tendency? Because that's what I tend to fight a lot. Yeah, no, that's so great. And it's, I mean, it is a valid point, right? Because a lot of us find things that we want to go do or experience or be a part of, we find it online. Mm -hmm. So it is important that you do show up and that you provide a place for that. But man, that cannot dominate the conversation. So choose your channels and choose your channels wisely. I would say that your email marketing is a great place to have your information. That's a great place to share information. Have a landing page on your website that always talks about events It's and it shows up on your website and the people will know, your members know. If you want to know what's happening, go to abcchurch.com forward slash what's happening. Yeah. And it's always there and it always gets talked about. Put it in your service announcements. That's totally fine. But man, social media is uh, is social. It's supposed to be social, not promotional. So um, you can do that. It's absolutely okay to have some promotional stuff, but I would just make sure that that's 10% of the conversation. Nice. Have you found that there are better social channels to, to be involved in and engage them more that are more effective than others at this time when we're talking right now in 2021? That's a great question, Tom. I, I think for that, that highly depends on your community. Some communities aren't going to even want to do social media. It just depends on your church, right? Yeah. Some some churches are going to want email and email only. Their members are going to want to respond to. Some churches are more likely to be on Facebook. Some church members are more likely to be on Instagram. Just know that whatever the social media platform, that it's rented space. And if you're going to post something organically, very few people are going to see it. It's, it's less than 3% of your followers see what you're posting. That's super small. Yeah. Um, so if you do a Facebook group, that's going to get more eyes on, on things. That's a great place to create community. Um, but as far as like, what is the best channel, man, that just so, that so much depends on your members and what resonates with the community that you live in and who your target market is, who you're going after. No, that's great. All right. So that's cool. That's great. So you have this as from an online experience uh, and creating that great opportunity. What else would you add on to this? To your online. So it's another thing that I, I've been thinking about, and my brother-in-law turned me on to this. He's a, he's a pastor at a, a church in Cincinnati. And I just thought, man, that was so, that was so smart. He talked about how important it is now to understand how to teach to a camera. And when we are doing, let's now we talked about social media. Let's talk about live streaming, for example. Yeah. Let's talk about streaming our services. That's great. Good. So an online service experience when you're watching online versus when you're watching in person, what you want, the value that you get out of those are two completely different experiences. And if all you're doing is setting up your phone and teaching to your camera, teaching to your phone, like it's a normal in-person experience, you're not going to be nearly as engaging. Right. So, so we talked about creating two different experiences for your online, for your in-person and your online. And some churches are going to be doing only online. Some person, some are only doing in-person, you know, it just depends what you're doing, but if you're going to be doing online stuff, you need to make sure that the person who's watching feels like it was made for them, hmm. that they don't feel like they're just, you know, 
seeing what somebody else is getting to experience that they're not just like watching it happen somewhere, but they're actually a part of it. This was made with me in mind. It's engaging. You have to teach differently when you're teaching to an online audience, when you're making a YouTube video yeah. looks very different than when you're teaching on stage in person. Yeah. And so understanding what those skills are is really, really important. We, we've learned a lot over the past year about YouTube in particular. Mm -hmm. um, we had a YouTube channel and we were all posting our rebroadcast there and we were posting sermons uh, and we would post an occasional worship song. Well, now we've gotten much more in, involved with, with YouTube, but we still, I, I love what you're talking about when you're talking about preaching to the camera and sharing to the camera, um, because I still think we fight the tendency that there are some people who want to get up there and just do a sermon like they would do a normal sermon. And what, what I, I've been trying to share with people is that it's different doing it to a video mm -hmm. than it is to it. And again, asking questions and telling people to comment, you know, in a different way, really seek to try to engage them in different things. What, what kind of recommendations would you give more in, in addition to that about sharing in video form? So some things that you can do differently, if you, okay, let's talk about two different ways. So one, if, if the idea of creating completely different content for your online audience is overwhelming and you can't even consider it, and there's absolutely no way that I'm going to do the same sermon twice in two different ways. One small thing that you can do when you're teaching on stage and you're recording is just acknowledge for those of you watching at home, right? Or if you give an illustration, make sure that it's applicable to the person watching at home. Yeah. Hey, hey, turn to your neighbor and say this. If you're at home, look at your dog, you know, or whatever, <laughs> like make it funny. Um, but just make sure that you're including your online audience when you're when you're having conversation with your in-person audience. Yeah. So that's a small thing that you can do. I, I love that because in. And um, I think what we've what we've tried to do again, I'm trying to relate this as personal as possible to share our experiences. But yeah, what, what what we again early on in COVID, we were really trying to say, okay, because we were our church was primarily actually just online only for that period of time, and now we're back to mixed in person and online, still majority online. Mm -hmm. um, and what we were really good at early on was really trying to engage the audience and say, hey, text us about this, or hey, talk to your chat host about this, answer this question right now. And then when we started getting people back in person, then it sh started shifting again. And it's the, the mindset went back to how we used to do it. And we forgot, I think, some of the cool things we learned about engaging our online audience and providing them a really good experience. Yeah. So, what else would you add to this? So I watched a YouTube video the other day that was from a YouTube employee talking about what makes a YouTube video good. And he okay. said four things. He said, it has good storytelling. It provides value. It gives clear direction and it's unique. Those are the four things that make a good YouTube video. What I thought was interesting what he, is that he said nothing about production value. Hmm. And we, I think we spend so much time and effort and energy and we just worry about, well, I don't have a good camera. I don't have a professional microphone. I can't live stream, you know? It has nothing to do, content outweighs production value every day. So just give yourself some grace if all you have is your phone because yeah. that's all that you need. You are speaking to me really good right now because uh, I, 
what I feel like one of the things we've learned is we don't need to be high production value. We don't have to have the best cameras to do it. I try to encourage people, all you need is your phone. Yeah. And again, these phone cameras are so good that, I mean, again, you just need that. And I think we've gotten over the course of this year, the past year, we've become very accepting of live videos, very accepting of poorly lit videos, you know, yes. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so I think we've become very accepting of that. And I think it needs to change that. Okay. We don't need to have our videographer or we don't need to hire a videographer to do this. We, we can do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this just goes back to being agile, right? Everything trends and tools are all going to change over the course of time as, as things progress. And when we first started out with online content, Instagram was king. These polished professional staged photographs ruled the internet. Those were the things that got attention. It's not like that anymore though. But so we can't live there. We cannot live in the Instagram world because Instagram world is falling apart. People are leaving Instagram. If you take a look at the platforms that are performing really, really well now, you're looking at things like Clubhouse and TikTok and Snapchat. They are just raw, in the moment, candid, literally people with bedhead and in their bathrobes. And that's, I mean, that's what is resonating right now because, you know, this, when we toss this word around a lot, I, it dry, I don't, I don't love this, the word authentic, but it's authentic. It's just raw and real. And the more that we can focus on our content and making sure that we're connecting and building a relationship with our audience, letting them know who we are, telling our story, sharing the story of scripture in a way that is resonating and focusing less on do we have the right lights and do we have the right camera and the right setting? And am I in a green room where I can put up scripture on the walls behind me? And, you know, do I have the right skinny jeans with the right holes in them in the right places? Doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter because people care about what you have to say. There's so many voices talking, so many voices out there that it doesn't matter how good it looks. If it doesn't connect with me, I'm still not going to watch it. So true. I, I will say this. I saw a TikTok video the other day um, where a lady got up and shared her story. Um, and it wasn't a Christian story. It was mm-hmm. it was a, a sobriety story, but um, and it didn't have Jesus in it at all. But the reality is that I, I took the video, shared it with my lead pastor and other pastors. And uh, I said, look at the comments she's getting. Look at the likes mm-hmm. that she's getting. And it was, again, it was poorly produced. I mean, you could see her pushing the start and stop of the record. Like she was, she was not a professional, but yeah. again, the comments that she was getting, the interaction she was getting, people saw the rawness of it, the realness of it, and they responded. And I think people are tired of the production mm-hmm. and they want to just see real people. I like to say, they like to see real people doing real things. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that's the value of like what you said with TikTok, uh, for yeah. I think the church, uh, like, honestly, my perspective, I think the church right now has a real PR crisis too. I think we've leaned so heavily into the production quality and the celebrity pastor. And we've really strayed from like the authenticity and the rawness and the vulnerability and just like the roots of like why we follow Jesus. Right. Like in the relationship that comes with, with following Jesus, the relationship, the call to community that we have with each other, 
uh, which is in, within the context of church. And I think people are desperate for that. Like they're desperate for some just real, like honest, direct scripture teaching. Yeah. You know, tell me about, tell me about this Jesus guy. Who is he? Mm-hmm. Why are you telling me how to be happy? Yeah. You know, and you look good. You look good. <laughs> but tell me about Jesus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I love it. This has been awesome. This has been very encouraging, Megan, because I think um, we, again, I think we made a lot of progress mm-hmm. with our video stuff and we were, we're jumping into things. And then I think we we're, we're muddied right now. One is people are muddied to say, Hey, okay, we've, we've made it this far. We're, we're getting people back in the church building. Let's just focus about the people who are in the building and we forget about the digital progress we made. But then I still think we're at this crossroads where they're like, yeah, but do we really need to do this, this, and this and and create that experience for the online people, whether they're watching a YouTube video or they're watching the live stream? I think we're, mm-hmm. we're forgetting that now. And I think this is a good reminder that we need to keep on continuing to improve and get better so that we can provide a quality experience for them. And I think even at the end of the day, when this is all said and over, said and done, because it will be done, it will be over. We are still going to need to have an online presence. It is so normal for people to build trust online before they trust you with their person. Mm -hmm. When you go to check out a new restaurant, you don't just be like, oh, I saw that new restaurant over there. I'm going to walk inside and see what it's like. You go to their website, you go to their Instagram page, you follow them, you maybe see things that they post and you go, okay, I think that they might make good food. And then you go to that restaurant. Yeah. You see, you you look at reviews, you look up Yelp reviews yeah. and we need to be able to do that. We need to remove the barrier because walking into a church is really, that's nerve wracking for a lot of people. I'm an extrovert. I'm an extreme extrovert and I still do not like going to a new church. It is uncomfortable, you know, yeah. it's a big ask. And so if we can build a relationship with them online and they have familiar faces when they walk in that door, man, that just makes it so much easier to feel welcome. That's hospitality. If we want to practice hospitality, we need to do it online first. If that's a value of ours. That, that's so true. That's a really, really good point. I like what you just said about they need to see the familiar faces. And that's why I think it's important for the children's minister to get up there and do some videos, the, yes. the, the um, hospitality director to get up there and do videos, even if it's a volunteer position. So that, yeah. that, that when they come in person, they already have an immediate connection. They're like, oh, I saw you on that video. You made me laugh doing this something or another, you know, yes. kind of, and I, just being real with people. I think that really goes a long way. Yeah, I agree. And being able to get a look into your family and meet your kids and like just simple things like that, you know, like not, not, we don't have to be so buttoned up all the time. I love that. It's totally kosher for my kid to jump in on a zoom call now. Like that is just, it's normal. It's fine. I have to press pause and go take care of some potty stuff in the middle of a zoom call all the time. And it's not weird. You know, I love that. And we can bring that same realness to our social media accounts. It does not have to be polished. It just has to be about relationship. That That is awesome. I, I, I love that. Well, as we kind of wrap up now a little bit, what, how else would you encourage us in, in creating great online experiences for, for people in the community? I would just say, just really consider and know who your people are. You have to know your people. 
because it doesn't matter what the church down the street is doing. It doesn't matter what the next mega church in the other state is doing. They are reaching a completely demographic. And I guarantee you that those big mega churches aren't looking at each other and saying, hmm, what's that church doing? I'm going to do what they're doing. No, they're doing their thing. Yeah, They're doing their thing because their people have unique needs, unique wants, and unique desires, unique attractions. So just know your people. And there's so many ways to do that. That's a whole not, that's a different podcast, Tom. That's a whole other podcast. I'll have you back then. <laughs> but but know your people and make and make plans based off of that and not based off of what anybody else is doing. I, I think that's awesome. And, and again, the last time I had you on, you talked about, again, the phrase of the you know, push people, not product. You know, you want to talk mm. about relationships. And I love how you just said that. It's about the relationship. It's about that connection that you can make with people. And we do. We get very sidetracked with, oh, my gosh, look what that person's doing. Look at that person doing. And, you know, one of the things I, I heard Carrie Newhoff uh, write about recently was that one of the big errors that leaders make is that they see something that someone else is doing and immediately say, we have to do this without really processing it and really thinking about it. And again, I've, I've made that mistake before. Yeah. Um, and so I think we really have to think about that, that personal connection we can make. Absolutely. One of the big things that Michael Lukaszewski, the guy that started church feel he talks about a lot, and I think is so great is that we get, we get distracted with tactics all the time. We get too distracted with tactics, but we need to be focusing on strategy and strategy is based on numbers. It's based on intention. It's not this, it's not the flashy gadgets and gadgets. There's a million tactics out there. Some will work for you and not work for somebody else and vice versa. We, we can't let that distract us. We really need to understand our mission, our vision and our purpose and allow that to be the thing that guides our decisions. Yeah. That is great. And that's something that we can end on on that. So, but, Perfect. but before I let you go though, I do, uh, you, I know you're on social media and I know you're working with church fuel. So if someone's got a question, would love to follow up with you. How, how's the best way to, to get a hold of you? Well, if you love looking at pictures of little kids, I have an adorable four-year-old that I post on Instagram all the time. I'm at Megan Wait, Louise Ranson. Instagram's dying though. You, it's dying. you know what? It's dying, but I love it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, but I'm also on Twitter on Facebook. It's M-E-A-G-A-N, Louise Ranson, all over the place. It's the same name. Keep it simple. Yes, I, I love it. Keep it simple. Uh, are you in, you mentioned Clubhouse. Or are you in Clubhouse? I am on Clubhouse, but you know, I just, I, I, I'm still figuring it out. I don't know how this thing works. I keep wanting to join rooms, but I keep missing them and I don't, I can't find them. Yeah. So if you're, if you're on Clubhouse, find me, follow me, I'll follow you back. If you start a room, hopefully I'll get notified and I'll, I'll join it. <laughs> Yeah, Clubhouse is great. I've I've been in that kind of like looking and learning, and mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be hosting two of them coming up. So just to oh nice, see what they're about. So I, I I've really enjoyed Clubhouse. I think it's a pretty cool thing. Um, I'm I'm actually hoping that Twitter can pull off their Twitter Spaces sooner rather than later. But um, yeah. yeah. I will have all your your um, your social media accounts on the show notes if anybody wants to do it and click on that. Uh, and talk to me about, again about Church Fuel real quick. Um, give one last plug. Oh, yeah. So Church Fuel is um, an organization that's set up. You know, one of the things we talk about is pastors are really, really great at the wow factor. Like we, that's why pastors are pastors. They're so good at the wow, um, but they often really struggle with the how. And so that's where church field comes in. It, we have courses, we've got labs, we've got workshops, we have, we're rolling out live classes soon. Oh, cool. So I know I'm really, I'm leading it up and I'm so excited about it. 
Um, so just really kind of like training pastors how to do make strategic decisions, how to run the organization well, be more efficient, take care of their people, and grow healthy churches. That's cool. It's, I love it. I wouldn't be there if I didn't love it. Yes, that that is true. Well, and I, I like Church Fuel, and so if you uh, want to check that out, I'll have the links there for that. And finally, though, you do co-host a podcast with Seth Muse. Yes. So talk to me about that. And well, I, I know you've been doing it for a while, but how did he rope you into doing the co-hosting with him? You know, I have absolutely no idea. He, I, I have. It's called the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, and I have an absolute blast on there with him. It gets real weird sometimes, and that's awesome. But it's mostly communication stuff. Um, I was a guest on his podcast a couple years ago, and I, it must have gone well because he invited <laughs> me to co-host with him. <laughs> awesome. And it's just an honor to be there. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, I love listening to your all's podcasts. Uh, and so I do enjoy that. And I would encourage people to do to listen as well. And I'll include that link in there too. Your links are going to, there's going to be so many links for so you. So many links. So, uh, <laughs> that's great. Well, Megan, as always, it was great having you on the podcast. So thanks so much for uh, being with me today. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. All right. So there you have it. My interview with Megan. What did you think? What stood out to you? What kind of quality online experiences are you thinking about now after you heard what she had to share? I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So definitely hit me up on Twitter at TA Pounder. I would love to hear your thoughts on this and what you're trying, what's been successful, what hasn't even worked. Let's continue this conversation online. Uh, Again, hit me up on Twitter at TA Pounder. All right, heroes, well, that wraps it up for this episode of the YM Sidekick Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, go to iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to this. The links are in the show notes. Or you can check out ymsidekick.com there. I've got information about uh, my blog, the podcast, vlogs. I've got ebooks and information about the Digital Bootcamp Facebook group and Clubhouse Club. So we'd love for you to check out all that stuff right there at ymsidekick.com. All right, heroes, well, I hope you have a great rest of the day, a great rest of the week, and until next time, have a great one.